We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you today on the network. My name is Walker Wildman, and this is American Family Radio Network. AFA at the Core is the name of the show. Glad to be with you today. Hey, I'm broadcasting from Dallas, Texas today. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, by joining the AFA at the Core channel on both of those uh, platforms, uh, AFA at the Core Facebook and AFA at the Core YouTube, you'll uh, be able to watch the live stream there. Uh, we have an event here in uh, Dallas, uh, uh, Texas, right outside of Dallas, technically in Green, uh, Greenville, Texas, um, with uh, some of our supporters here in the Dallas area. So that's uh, that's where I am today, and I'll be back uh, in Tupelo at our national headquarters tomorrow. Uh, but glad to be with you. Hey, um, uh, we've got a great guest in studio coming up later. Uh, next segment with ICU Mobile Ministry, the president of ICU Mobile, will be talking about his uh, his uh, uh, ministry and what they do, providing uh, free ultrasounds for uh, young mothers who uh, would like to see their baby. And many many of these mothers don't know what they they want to do, uh, whether they want to put their child up for adoption. Some of them are even abortion minded. Um, so these, uh, this ministry, ICU Mobile, is doing excellent work. So we're going to talk to their president next segment uh, about the work that they're doing and a little campaign that we're having to ra- trying to raise funds for a mobile unit here in Mississippi. So we'll talk with uh, Dan Van Buskirk next segment about that. Before we jump into the news of the day, I wanted to cover <clears throat> our verse of the week, Proverbs 3. Verse 9 and 10 of Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10 is our scripture for the week. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So our principle there that we can learn out of the book of Proverbs is to, uh, to honor the Lord with our wealth and with our first fruits. That's directly out of the book of Proverbs. Uh, so uh, another thing that we're doing this month is our By Design campaign. Our By Design campaign is aimed at uplifting God's design for marriage and family. One man, one woman for life is our motto. And the challenge this month is to take your spouse on a date. Uh, take your spouse on a date. That's our challenge, whether it be your husband um, or, or the wife that initiates it. Either way is great. We, we like our men to be leaders because that's what God's Word says is that men are supposed to be leaders. Uh, so I want to encourage all the husbands out there to take their wife on a date, let them know how cherished they are, and make sure you're investing plenty of energy and time into your marriage because, look, it's so easy in, in, in the world to get your priorities out of order and to not put your marriage and your family first um, in your list of priorities. And, of course, as always, this should go without saying uh, our relationship with Christ, our relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ, that's of utmost importance. That that falls at the top of the list on every list across the board. So that's a given. And then right below that uh, comes our relationship with our spouse and our family because God set up the uh, family institution. So this is not some man-made institution uh, where it's just opinion-based and you kind of do what you want. 
uh, family is set up and designed by God. So we need to follow his instruction when it comes to family. And, you know, that takes us into uh, really how the world can get it all wrong. And and at one time, you and I got it all wrong because we, we were all once born into sin. We were all sinners at, at one point before we were saved by grace. And then, and many of us now that are listening to, to the show here, uh, many of us are born-again believers, and we've been baptized through, through, through the blood of Christ. And so we have that eternal life, that eternal forgiveness. Um, but we can all get our priorities out of order. And many of the ills, if not all of the ills that we see in our society and we see our culture facing and across the world, uh, many of them are simply rooted in, in man's sinful nature. Uh, man's uh, sinful nature and man's tendency to uh, do what man thinks best instead of what God thinks best. And when you get your priorities out of order um, and you start pushing God to the back, then uh, all things get out of sort, to put it put it mildly there. So have your priorities in order, and that's our challenge for the month is to take your spouse on a date. That's our by design uh, challenge. Hey, I jumped on... Uh, the Hill, I get my news from all kind of different sources, and I jumped on thehill.com, uh, which covers mostly um, news out of Washington, D.C., hence the name The Hill. Um, and one that, that came up uh, uh, that I was interested in, and I've covered this a little bit on the show, is America's debt, our national debt. And, you know, it just never seems to be enough money that we spend out of Washington, D.C., and the vast majority of this money is our taxpayer dollars the the other the rest of it is uh, money that's printed at the treasury department so we pretty much uh and you've got some um you've got some uh, tariffs that bring in revenue to the u.s government but the vast majority of money that is spent by the u.s government is my tax dollars and your tax dollars there's no other way to get money other than print it the print the, the money out of the u.s treasury department and even that ends up being our tax dollars that we put back into the system uh, but, you know, Washington is completely out of control, and that goes without saying. Uh, but the story I wanted to mention today is this uh, this talk on the deficit. Uh, this comes up at, uh, maybe once a year, if not every other year, where Washington, D.C., and the news cycle, and the Treasury Department, and the Fed, they all start talking about the de- debt ceiling. And what are we going to do about the deficit? Uh, well, really, this is, this is this is misleading, and this is indicative of a lot of way the media covers things and the way Washington frames things. Um, but this this talk on the deficit is and the debt ceiling more specifically, the debt ceiling I'm talking about, uh, it's really a non-conversation. I mean, it's really a non-topic because when they say raise the debt ceiling. What they're saying is, let's retroactively approve money we've already spent, all right? That's the way this debt ceiling thing works. I mean, this is money that Congress has already authorized and spent. Um, so there's not really um, a debate on whether we can raise it or not. It's like it's like having a credit card, and you go over the credit card limit, and then you want to have a debate on whether you should raise the limit to meet the threshold that you just went over it. <laughs> I mean, you've already spent the money. you got to pay it back. Uh, there's really should be no debate, no conversation about whether we're going to raise the debt ceiling. Uh, but this is what happens in Washington, D.C., and I would argue uh, that much of this is intentional. Much of this is intentional, and it, and it gives fodder uh, for the, the people who like to spend money in Washington, D.C., just to keep spending uh, money. And this is a bipartisan problem. I mean, look, the Trump administration, they spent just as much money, if not more, than the Biden administration. 
I mean, the Trump administration and and the Republicans in Congress for that two-year period from twenty seven from January of twenty seventeen to um, uh, nineteen, they spent tons of money in Congress uh, under Republican authority. So this is not just a Democrat problem. This is also a Republican problem too. Uh, but Janet Yellen, Janet Yellen, uh, the Fed chair or the Treasury Department. Um, uh, is is saying that uh, th they're about to run out of money. <laughs> they're going to run out of money come October if the Congress doesn't raise the debt ceiling. But it's really all like a circus. It's all for show. Everybody likes to watch the show, and everybody gets all worked up about, oh, we're going to run out of money. Um, but these people have been spending money like nobody's business for the last 30 years in Washington, D.C. So don't fret. Congress will raise the debt ceiling, as they always do. Why? Because it's money they've already spent. It's money they've already spent. There's not really uh, a, a valid debate about whether to raise the debt ceiling or not. Hey, uh, a good news item. Uh, remember I covered the Democrats out of Texas. They they fled Texas, these state Democrats, they fled Texas to Washington, D.C., and uh, they stayed gone for at least a month, if not longer, in an effort to prevent Texas from passing a law about voter integrity. Well, as it turns out, these Texas uh, uh, Democrats finally returned to Texas, and Texas was able to pass, and the governor was able to sign this law, uh, 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 sign this bill into law. And so that's what Governor Greg Abbott did, and it's an excellent, excellent news story. So that law is on the books. It, uh, it beefs up and, 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 and ensures that the Texas elections are much more secure uh, than they have been in the past and includes things like uh, voter ID when it comes to mailing in a ballot. Uh, it prevents this ballot harvesting where these private entities are paying uh, election workers to go out and collect ballots. Um, it it, it, per, it uh, requires the Department of Public Safety to purge uh, uh, voter rolls once a month, actually once a month. Uh, even not in an election season, uh, so that's good. So voter rolls will stay up to date, and it has several other things that are very, very good in this Texas law. Uh, but jumping, uh, staying in Washington, D.C., but jumping to the topic of Afghanistan, we can't forget this. Uh, the media and, and, and the Biden White House, they want this thing to go away. They don't want to talk about it anymore. They want to talk about COVID. They want to talk about the economy, even though there's not much good to talk about in any of those areas. Uh, but they want to distract from what's going on in Afghanistan. Um, this is a clip from actually a few weeks ago of Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor at the White House, uh, admitting that it's possible that the White House could give aid to Afghanistan, a.k.a. the Taliban, at some point. Clip two, let's listen. We're going to work with the Taliban. Does that include the prospect of giving them aid? Well, first of all, we do believe that there is an important dimension of humanitarian assistance that should go directly to the people of Afghanistan. They need help with respect to health and food aid and other forms of subsistence, and we do intend to continue that. Secondly, when it comes to our economic and development assistance relationship with the Taliban, that will be about the Taliban's actions. It will be about whether they follow through on their commitments, their commitments to safe passage for Americans and Afghan allies, their commitment to not allow Afghanistan to be uh, a, a base from which terrorists can attack the United States or any other country. Their commitments with respect to upholding their international obligations. It's going to be up to them. And, and we will wait and see by their actions how we end up responding uh, in terms of the economic and development assistance. 
Well, there you have it. That's uh, Jake Sullivan over at the White House saying, you know, yeah, it's possible we could give financial aid to the Taliban. Never did I think I would hear those words coming out of Pennsylvania Avenue, but there you have it. Uh, we have a very naive administration, and that, that's actually giving them too much uh, benefit of the doubt. Uh, we have a very compromised administration in that they think that we can work with terrorists. We can partner with terrorists and build a better <laughs> Afghanistan. Uh, who are we kidding? And these, this, the fundamental problem here is underestimating uh, man's sinful nature. That's the fundamental problem here. Uh, as Christians, we understand that there are evil people in the world, and, and we need we need to handle these people toughly. Uh, but you have uh, these people who don't believe in God. They don't believe in Scripture. They don't believe in man's sin nature. They think everybody's inherently good, except for Republicans, our MAGA supporters. Um, but they they think that they can work with the Taliban. I mean, who are we kidding here? Uh, a quick clip I want to play here. This is a Canadian minister saying that the Taliban are our brothers. Clip one. I want to take this opportunity to speak to our brothers, the Taliban. We call on you to ensure the safe and secure passage of any individual in Afghanistan out of the country. Well, there you have it. That's a Canadian minister on a Zoom call saying, I want to encourage the Taliban, our brothers, to be nice. <laughs> Wow, this is serious stuff, folks, because if, when we have a U.S. government, when we have a, an entire uh, apparatus in Washington, D.C., that fundamentally doesn't understand, doesn't grasp um, the threat that these Islamic radicals pose, um, that's a serious problem. That's a serious problem uh, because these people hate the West. These Islamists, they hate the West. More specifically, they hate Christianity, and they hate anyone who's a non-Muslim, and some of them believe that they should kill the infidels, you and I, the Westerners, the Christians, we are the infidels, uh, they believe we should be killed. So this is a very dangerous ideology. Uh, there should be no playing around with it, no footsie, uh, no foreign aid going to the Taliban. These guys are terrorists. They're brutal. They're the same, the same group, same crowd. Uh, that helped fly planes into the World Trade Centers 20 years ago. So this is an absolute tragedy, and we can't lose tr sight and track of who these people are and how evil they are. Hey, AFA at the core on American Family Radio. We'll be back in just a few minutes with a special guest. David, the son of Jesse, just an ordinary giant slayer. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. David's battle with Goliath is an epic drama where the little boy stands in God's power to conquer the Philistine giant. David didn't awaken that morning expecting to slay a giant. He didn't stroll in with an entourage after a rugged mountain range training camp like Rocky in Rocky IV. He was just a regular kid bringing his brother's lunch but fully confident in God's immeasurable power. Though he saw Goliath, David never acknowledged him as a giant, saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dared defy the Lord of hosts? When regular people are fully persuaded, fully confident in God's power, giants fall. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. How is your girl building her legacy? I know it can sound like a lofty goal for a child. Legacy is a lasting impact on the world, an indelible mark that says, I was here. As Christians, our legacy is especially important. How we live our lives can ultimately aid in spreading the gospel in our world. It's the discipleship call of Matthew 28. Encourage your girl to shine in her God-given abilities and leave her legacy. Tackle the fears and doubts she might have about the responsibilities she has to impact the world. Consider sharing a legacy journal with your girl, swapping back and forth, asking questions and giving affirmation. What a treasured memento to look back on for generations, and that's a legacy of its own. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. May I tell you about 17-year-old Esther in Africa? Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Esther is only 17. She's part of the famous Maasai tribe in Kenya. It's a country that I visited not too long ago. Girls like Esther, they're subjected to Maasai traditions that are not taught in the Bible, including female circumcision and polygamy where a man has many wives and some younger than Esther are forced into arranged marriages against their will. Now, having endured this mistreatment, Esther lived with bitter unforgiveness until a Bible League volunteer introduced her to the hope of the gospel and now she's led dozens of teen girls and young adult women to Jesus and she's praying for Bibles so they can grow in their walk with Him. And that's exactly why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleless believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20 Bibles and Friends of Bible League will match every single gift. Call 800-YES-WORD 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 or click sendbiblesnow.org sendbiblesnow.org org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Hey, if you want to watch the show, yes, you can watch the radio show by going to the AFA at the Core YouTube channel, or you can check me out uh, at the AFA at the Core Facebook page, which is actually relatively new. We've had it up about a week, uh, but we're live streaming there now at the AFA at the Core YouTube channel and Facebook page, uh, as I mentioned. So go to those two places if you would like to watch the show. And our live streaming video platform and 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 is is up. It's not up and running. It's close, uh, but it's it's close to being up and running. We're going to start doing some some beta testing. Uh, later this week, which would be tomorrow and next week and the next few weeks. But uh, the video platform that our IT department is building is is very close to being ready. Uh, it's going to be an exciting platform for our audience, for our supporters to go and watch all of our uh, films, short films, documentaries, and at some point, uh, hopefully early next year, be able to have a live streaming option where you can watch things like uh, AFA at the Core and other programs on American Family Radio. Hey, in studio w- uh, with us, I want to, uh, he's actually in studio in Tupelo and I'm in Dallas, but he's uh, hes more in studio than I am. I want to welcome uh, to uh, the studio with us, uh, uh, Greg Van Buskirk. He, with ICU Mobile. He's the president of ICU Mobile, uh, which is the ministry I teased on yesterday, but we're going to talk to Greg a little mo- bit more about what ICU Mobile does. Hey, Greg, glad to have you in with us. Hey, I'm glad to be here. 
Greg, uh, tell our listeners who don't know anything about ICU Mobile, uh, tell them a little bit about how ICU Mobile began and then how you ended up there. You've been there about five years. That's right. Yeah, well, ICU Mobile uh, was a, God laid it on uh, an executive director's heart in a pregnancy center in Akron, Ohio, <clears throat> that uh, she should be taking the ultrasound technology to the women because she wasn't seeing a lot of abortion-minded women coming into her center. So she uh, was praying about it and uh, came across a, a, an old uh, recreational vehicle and remodeled it, took it out, and started seeing abortion-minded women. It was very successful, and, uh, it, and it started growing from there because she's starting, uh, she was written up in a magazine, and then she was on a, on a national radio show, and next thing you know, people were calling her, and she was trying to help, and at, at about, uh, about eight years after she started it, it got to the point where they spun it off as a separate nonprofit in itself, and, and since that time, it's grown, and we're now at about 44 mobile units across uh, 22 states. Uh, this year, we're launching eight units uh, alone. And uh, we just launched one in, in Hawaii, and uh, just uh, God is just doing some amazing things, and we're just excited about that. My own personal story, um, you know, I, I was listening to AFR back in the 90s. I was living in Wichita, Kansas. I, I was working at a, a, a business there, and, um, a large business, and we were a part of the, uh, if, if anybody remembers the old Summer of Life back in 91, 92, where there were uh, a lot of life protests, and during the next few years, uh, God just put me in different roles and positions uh, to kind of uh, get me ready for what I'm doing today. And then uh, in uh, about five years ago, uh, I was working for a, another Fortune 500, and, and uh, they decided there was a slice of middle management they no longer needed. And I got to be one of those lucky guys that go out, walked out the door. And, and you know, I, I never felt sad about it. I, God was in control. And uh, uh, I always wanted uh, to work for a nonprofit, take what I what God had shown me and what I've done in, in in business, and try to help a nonprofit. But I expected to do it when I retired, not uh, earlier on. So uh, mm. it, it just so happened that God wanted me to work sooner at, at this, and and uh, it's been amazing uh, time. He's been uh, so incredible at what he's done and and what I've what I've learned, and I'm just just every day I. I, I it's exciting to come to work because I get to hear exciting stories of women choosing life and choosing Christ for their Savior. Yeah, this is this technology is absolutely amazing, and you know, this is something that many of us take for granted because, uh, you know, I don't know what the specific time frame is, but I know you look back probably twenty, thirty, maybe a little more years ago, there was nothing like this available. Um, there was no getting an ultrasound, you know, whenever you when, whenever you go to the doctor. Uh, and even in the early days of the ultrasound, it was only used for high-risk patients, for, uh, for high-risk patients. But now a lot of moms go to their uh, doctor when they're pregnant, and many of them get an ultrasound, if not all of them get an ultrasound. I know my wife and I, we have a, a little boy, Isaac Gregory, in the womb, and he's about 16 to 17 weeks old now. And we've seen him on ultrasound at least once or twice. So it's very exciting. But when it comes to the life movement and, and making sure that we can save as many babies as possible from the, the, the travesty that is abortion, uh, this technology is absolutely amazing. But not only the technology, but what you guys are doing, uh, Greg, is you are taking the technology on the road. That's I mean, exactly you're making right. this thing mobile, hence the name of your of your ministry, ICU Mobile. Uh, but w what are some... 
what are some responses you get? Because you've got uh, mothers, young moms, uh, some of them in very tough situations, uh, not talking about the baby. I'm talking about their background and their maybe the family come from a broken home. And uh, they come into these units and probably don't know your staff. This is the first time meeting them. And they get to see their baby. What's some of the responses you get from these moms? Well, you're, first, you're, you're right. This is an amazing technology, and it's developed, and it really shows the humanity of the baby. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's something we a lot of times forget and not see as, as a nation. And that's why uh, a lot of these uh, heartbeat bills that are going through are just so important because it reminds us that we're, we're not talking about a clump of cells. We're talking about a real human being. And, and you know, uh, so many times women come on board, they've just left an abortion clinic, and they see their their child, and first they're shocked because they were shown just a blob at the, the abortion clinic because they weren't shown anything that was that was recognizable. But then they see their the child's hands, the, their, the toes, the feet. Uh, they see the, the smile. They, they see it wave at, 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 at their mom. They see it suck at his thumb, and they are overwhelmed. They're just transformed. They can't believe, and, and they're excited it, with, with, what they thought was nothing was, was really something, and they're usually very, very excited. And, and Walker, we see four out of five women choose life uh, for their baby on the mobiles once they see wow. their baby on the ultrasound. Wow, that kind of success rate is, in the business world is what you would call it is, is amazing. Uh, but, but when you see that, uh, Greg, when you see that humanity, I mean, what else do you expect? I mean, even... Uh, even uh, five out of five mothers choosing life really wouldn't surprise me because that's that's a mother's nature is to protect and foster life in the womb. Uh, that's how God designed mothers to be, and it's a beautiful thing um, that that's going on there. Uh, you know, this is, uh, by the way, w- the reason we have Greg in studio with us is because we're running a campaign today and this week for ICU Mobile. What we're trying to do here is we're trying to get a mobile unit in Mississippi. We're trying to get a mobile unit in uh, the Delta, the Mississippi Delta, more specifically in Greenwood, Mississippi. This has been a vision of one of our staff members, Pastor Joseph Parker, for years now. Um, and he came to us a few months ago and said, I really would like to get this done. I really would like for AFA to come alongside me and ICU Mobile to get this done. So that's what we're doing and we're uh, raising funds today to get a mobile unit put in Greenwood, Mississippi in the Delta, um, which is in a a, a more lower income part of the state and that's where abortions tend to happen more often uh, in in, in various states across the country. So go to our website AFR.net Right there on the homepage, you'll see the, this campaign. You can click on the button and donate a gift of any amount that you would like to give. Uh, and all of this money is going to the mobile units, uh, the mobile unit rather, in Greenwood, uh, Mississippi. Uh, Greg, talk a little bit about um, uh, how how often you guys are able to deploy these units. Because you and I, before the uh, the segment, we're talking about the cost uh, tied up in getting a mobile unit deployed and then maintaining the unit, staffing it. Uh, how how easy is it for you guys to deploy these units? Well, it's, I mean, it's not inexpensive, but we have I've got a great team that trains the the centers and trains the teams that are going to be operating the mobiles, um, so that they're they, they go out there and they're very effective in, in reaching and connecting with these women. You know, it's it's all about the relationship with women uh, that help them make that decision for life. So when they come on the mobile, we start building that relationship with, with them. 
trying to understand where they're, where they're struggling, what they're doing, and then we take them back for the ultrasound and we continue that uh, relationship. And then after they leave, sometimes they leave Walker, they have not made that decision yet whether or not they were going to be uh, going to an abortion or not. And we follow up with them. And, and there's that follow, sh- follow up and, and that continued uh, building of that relationship. Many times she makes a choice for life because she knows she's supported. And we're, we're not allowed, we're, we're not <clears throat> after just someone saying they're going to uh, choose life and pat them on their back. We want to make sure we see it through to their actually giving birth to that baby and, and supporting them thereafter too because it's, 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 it's more an all-inclusive thing here. It's not just a decision and, and move on. Could you have, uh, 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 Greg, could you have, uh, theoretically, could you have mothers come back throughout the pregnancy, maybe two or three times to get yeah. an ultrasound? Right. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, sometimes they'll come early and they'll, uh, they'll, they'll be too early to see the baby. They'll come back or they'll come back and they'll, uh, they'll be there and they'll come back a couple weeks later to see how things are progressing. At, at some point, we then transfer that over to uh, either a doctor or to, uh, to, uh, to a, a bricks and mortar type center for those type sure. of things. Um, you know, we we funnel them in the to the bricks and mortar center for uh, for uh, training, for uh, you know, br- how to, how to uh, pre-birth classes or mm. or uh, child care classes and to taking prenatal vitamins and those type of things. Um, so yeah, we we and if they've accepted Christ, because you know, we our mission is to 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 serve women, save lives, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if they share they they accept Christ, we we funnel them into a a, a church to for for discipleship. Yeah, and, and, and Greg, that's one thing I love about all the ministries we partner with. Uh, at ICU Mobile with uh, uh, another ministry called Eight Days of Hope, which is a disaster relief ministry, and we've got uh, over a half dozen other ministries that we partner with. And uh, all of these ministries are focused on the gospel. Uh, they're not just doing, quote-unquote, good works, which a lot of people can just do good works. Um, but you guys are focusing on the gospel as well and not losing sight on what our overall mission here, and that is to glorify God uh, with our efforts. So, uh, hey, thanks, Greg, for coming on. Once again, folks, our website is AFR.net. You can go there and donate towards a mobile unit that we're trying to put in Greenwood, Mississippi, uh, the state of our national headquarters. Uh, Greg, one last word about how folks can find out and read more about your ministry. Uh, they can go to our, our website, which is www.icu mobile.org and find out about where all our mobiles are and more about what we do and you know walker your your, your listeners can really make a difference for life and for the gospel down there in the delta by by supporting a pastor parker and his effort there with greenwood it's just he's an amazing man he's got such a heart mm-hmm. for life and for for the gospel i, I just it's just a joy to work with him hey man greg hey keep up the good work brother keep up the good fight and we'll have you on again sometime thank you god bless All right, Greg. That's Greg Van Buskirk with ICU Mobile, the president of ICU Mobile. And what this ministry does is they deploy mobile uh, ultrasound units across the country. He mentioned over 40 ultrasound units are currently deployed in over 20 states, and then they're rolling out more this year across the country. And what we're trying to do with today's efforts is to deploy a mobile unit uh, to south Mississippi, to the Mississippi Delta, and this unit will be deployed down there to save babies and to perform ultrasounds for mothers. Uh, so that's what our effort is focused on today. And you can go to our website, AFR.net, AFR.net. You can donate there a gift of any amount to go towards uh, this effort to get the unit put down in, uh, in Greenwood, Mississippi. Uh, so that's what we're doing. I talked to Greg during the break, and it cost about uh, $190,000 just to get a unit deployed. 
Um, and then after that, of course, there's cost to maintain it and to staff it each year after that. But about $190,000 to uh, deploy a unit. So that's what we're trying to do here is to deploy a unit to Greenwood, Mississippi. Once again, uh, AFR.net is the website to find out more information and to donate. Um, and this, this whole effort of life is, for the Christian, it's it's all-inclusive. It's all-encompassing. Uh, the the belief that human life is that we're all created in the image of God and and that every human is, is worthy of dignity and respect, um, that value system, that belief that is rooted in God's Word, rooted in Scripture, uh, that should drive our actions um, everywhere. It should drive our actions from birth, from conception, it should drive our actions even when uh, dealing with the elderly or disabled. I mean, the, 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 the value of, of life is unexplainable. And, and as, as, as Christians, we should be helping to preserve life at all stages of life. I mean, that should be our overall go, goal, our overall focus. And, you know, many people try to rag and talk down about Christianity and about um, uh, about how Christians are hypocrites, and and some Christians are hypocrites. I mean, we're all uh, prone to fail. We're all prone to sin. We're all born sinners. But uh, through God's grace, uh, Christians are able to overcome a lot of that. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're we're able to do good for God and His kingdom here on this earth. And a lot of the good that you see in this country, folks, is is done by Christians. And I'm not boasting. But I'm just telling you how it is. When you look at at many of the adoption uh, agencies, many of the foster care agencies, many of the the organizations that care for homeless people, uh, you look at the disaster relief organizations, you look at things like ICU Mobile, these are all Christ-based ministries that are helping people. And we're helping people of all backgrounds. We're not just out here serving Christians. We're actually serving the vast majority of people that these ministries serve are the lost. And so this whole this whole ragging Christians for being haters and bigots, this is nonsense. It's intolerable. Christians in this country historically have done great good for all of humanity. And if we lose sight of the role that God's Word and Christianity has played in this country and the good that has come from it, we'll lose the country. We can't lose sight of the power of God's Word and the power that Christians have to do good in this world, all for His kingdom. AFA at the core, I'm Walker Wildman. Uh, This is American Family Radio. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. 
I interviewed family counselor, Dr. Kathy Cook, about practical ways that families can overcome too much technology in the home. Be a tech-wise family in a tech-driven world. An article by Rebecca Davis. She just gave really great practical ideas about replacing that technology. It becomes easier for your family to actually engage with each other instead of with the screen that's in front of them. To read this article and more, visit afajournal.org. Aria is suffering for the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Aria lives in the Middle East in a radical Muslim family. She accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a weekly Bible study and eventually received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She took her Bible study booklet home, hiding it in her room before her mother found it and gave it to her father. He beat young Aria nearly to death and called the officials to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they assaulted her and the Christian friend and eventually let them go. Now, these two women, they didn't grow bitter. They grew bold, and together they've seen hundreds come to Christ in the Middle East where it's nearly impossible to get a Bible. And that's why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleist believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20, every gift matched. Call 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word, or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. What? Uh, sorry, AFA at the Core, Walker Wildman. Here I am. I was sending a text message, and I was about to start reading my text message live on the radio. Uh, uh, I, too, can fail. I, too, can stumble. That's the lesson from right there. Hey, Glad to have you back on with us. That was an excellent interview with uh, Greg Van Buskirk. Not excellent because of Greg and I, but excellent because of the content and because of the work that they are doing there at ICU Mobile. So if you want to donate to help get that mobile unit put in Greenwood, Mississippi, to help save babies, you can go to AFR.net and donate. That's what we're doing today here on the network, American Family Radio. Uh, Jumping back into some of the news of the week, I wanted to go back to Afghanistan because this is uh, there are still people in need over there there are still American citizens believe it or not in Afghanistan Uh, there are Christians over there in hiding so it's still a very serious situation and we cannot forget you know Americans suffer from short-term memory loss and I'm not I'm not being literal there I'm not a not a psychologist or a physician but I'm talking more more practically and politically 
Um, many Americans suffer from short-term memory loss when it comes to bad decisions that our leaders make. Um, and it's probably just because we get information overload and the news cycle goes so fast that we forget what happened a week ago, two weeks ago. Um, we may not literally forget it, but we fail to remember and think about it. And that's the case with what happened in Afghanistan. That was a complete avoidable situation. And the Biden White House and the Biden administration made terrible decisions, made irrational, illogical decisions in Afghanistan. And because of that, it was a sloppy withdrawal. It was an absolute mess. It created a vacuum for the Taliban. And as a result, 13 uh, service members have died as a result of that, which is an absolute tragedy. Um, and it should have never happened. Our leaders should have never allowed our military members to been put to be put in that situation uh, because our intelligence agencies knew an attack was coming uh, and our, our uh, uh, service members should have never been put in that situation. Glenn Beck has been really a hero in this entire fight to get American citizens and Afghan allies out of Afghanistan. And so he's been doing that with uh, another ministry, literally paying for flights out of Afghanistan. Um, but he's been facing a lot of uh, hurdles and, and just outright resistance from the U.S. State Department and the White House when it comes to just getting permission to get people out of Afghanistan. This is Glenn, Glenn Beck explaining his issues he's having getting people out of Afghanistan. Clip three. I know there's a lot of senators, some on both sides of the aisle, that are just as dedicated as you or I on trying to get these people out. But we all know the State Department is the biggest problem. We all know that. They are intentionally blocking. And it's not just the State Department. It is in collusion with the White House. And they're playing games like they don't have the right paperwork. What do you mean they don't have the right paperwork? What paperwork do they need now? Well, they need to get a uh, release from the embassy. There is no embassy. Quote, <laughs> well, you're just going to have to figure that out. End quote. We're just going to have to figure that out? Laughing. Mocking. Well, <laughs> you're just going to have to figure that out. There is no embassy. What game are you people playing? Our planes are down on the ground still. It was a week ago that I went in and did the stew show after a briefing. It was a week ago today where the State Department grounded our planes. Today is the day a week ago that I found out that the State Department grounded our planes and what's worse, gave the manifest to the Taliban, including over a hundred Americans. Those people are all now scattered. We hope they're all safe. We won't know until we can get approval to fly them out. Well, there you have it. That is Glenn Beck uh, talking about how the U.S. State Department has grounded his flights. I think about four uh, airplanes were on the tarmac in Afghanistan with uh, Afghan um, allies, people who qualify for a special immigrant visa, and American citizens ready to fly out of Afghanistan 
And the U.S. State Department has put that entire mission on hold. For what reason? We don't know. We don't know unless they're being uh, arm-twisted by the Taliban. And that appears to be what has been happening. I mean, pretty much the Taliban, they're running everything. They're telling us what to do. Um, and that's what's so shameful about how we're handling this situation is we, we entered Afghanistan to eliminate the Taliban, to kill the Taliban. Yes, that's what the military is supposed to do. There's terrorists in Afghanistan. Let's go kill them. That's what militaries do. <laughs> I mean, you can say that sounds mean, that sounds harsh, but that is the world that we live in. And our American military, they were built, they were designed, they were invested in by tax dollars to kill the enemy. And that's what they basically went in there and do in Af and did in Afghanistan in the early months of the, of the battle and the, of the war. Uh, and then we decided to, na to nation build. Then we decided to nation build. But 20 years later, the people we went in there to kill, they are now running the show. They are now running the show. And one thing that has been covered oh so little amongst the uh, major media conglomerates is the fact that several Gitmo, former Gitmo detainees on the FBI's most wanted list, they are in Afghanistan running the Taliban. I think the top four out of five of their leaders were from Gitmo. This is absolutely humiliating and embarrassing for the U.S. And guess who released the Gitmo guys? Guess who released the Islamic terrorist? Well, President Barack Obama did. He released the Gitmo terrorist in exchange for a traitor, yes, I said it, a traitor, Bo Bergdahl, the guy who intentionally wandered away from his military base knowing he was going to hang out and be, be, uh, uh, be held hostage by the Taliban. And there's even questions about what, what on earth he was doing. Was he, like, working with the Taliban? Nobody knows why Bo Bergdahl left the uh, military base. Nobody knows. But he went AWOL. He fled the military base intentionally. And he was told multiple times, don't go outside the wire. Do not leave the military base. What did he do? He left. And we exchanged four not one, four Gitmo, Guantanamo Bay detainees, known Taliban leaders that were, were, were heavily involved in 9-11 and Osama bin Laden, and we sent them back to Afghanistan. Well, what now? Uh, they have been released, and they are running the Taliban. I mean, you if you wanted to write um, a, a novel about everything that could go wrong in a war... That pretty much explains the U.S. government's response. We've got a lot of people in the U.S. government that they're naive, and that's, put, that's, that's assuming that they're naive. They may just be totally sold out to these Islamic radicals. Who knows? But nonetheless, their actions are the same, and their actions are horrific. Um, and, 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 and we talk about um, protecting the homeland and not having another 9-11. With these folks in charge, I'm not that confident. I'm not that confident. The way they're negotiating and hanging out with the Taliban, um, meeting with the Taliban, talking about sending money to the Taliban. I mean, this is absolute insanity. 
And I don't know how else you get these people to fully understand and grasp how evil the uh, Taliban and these Islamic terrorists are. There is no negotiating with the Taliban, not unless you want to lose everything you got and give up all of America's uh, power and sovereignty. Um, a good news story out of Washington, D.C., this uh, controversial, that's putting it mildly, ATF nom nominee by the name of da uh, David Chipman, he was up to run, uh, he was nominated by the Biden administration to run uh, uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, ATF, and he just had his nomination pulled. He, this dude was a radical. Uh, he talked uh, over and over again about how basically he wanted to outlaw um, semi-automatic rifles. I was going to say assault rifles, but that's a fake term put forth by the uh, fake news media. There's no such thing as assault rifles on the streets. That's for military use. Uh, these guns that they're talking about, these uh, ARs is what they call them, um, they are simply semi-automatic rifles. And uh, But this guy, he was so radical that uh, even Bi the Biden administration had to pull him, uh, pull his nomination. And that's the second Biden nomination to be pulled because these folks are way, way too radical. So that's a good news item out of Washington, D.C. Hey, we got some important stuff going, over in, going, going on over in California. There is a recall election for Governor Gavin Newsom. Because that many people are upset about how Gavin Newsom is running the state of California. And this recall election is set to take place. It's actually ongoing right now. Uh, but it is set to be finalized next week. I believe the official date is September 15th. Um, but Larry, uh, uh, Larry, uh, Bobby, help me. Larry Elder. What was I thinking? I was going to say Larry Newsom. <laughs> Gavin Newsom's the governor. Yep. Larry Elder uh, of the Salem Network. Yes, that's right. Larry Elder, well-known conservative commentator, as Bobby just mentioned there. He was on the Salem Network for years. Uh, may still be on there, actually. Uh, I think he had a station in, in Los Angeles, a huge uh, station there in Los Angeles. But nonetheless, he is running for governor along with several others in this recall election. And just to give you guys a little bit of background here before I talk about a story from yesterday out of California, uh, how this recall election works is all you need is 50% or 51% technically to vote to recall the governor. So there's two separate questions on the ballot. There is the first question, do you want to recall or basically remove Gavin Newsom from office? Yes or no. Then after you answer that question, then you go to the second question, which is who do you want him to replace him? Who do you want to replace Gavin Newsom? So those are the two questions on the ballot. And uh, I looked at some Politico uh, I'm sorry, some real clear politics polls recently today. And, you know, it's about uh, 40 to 41 percent, according to real clear politics, of people who would like uh, Gavin Newsom removed. But polls have been uh, wrong before. They were wrong in 2016. To a certain extent, they were wrong in 2020. Um, so uh, uh, Governor Newsom could be recalled. Uh, but the fact that, that, that this uh, recall even made it to the ballot is is amazing that that many people in California are upset about what's going on. Uh, but yesterday, to show you how rabid and ruthless and heartless some of these uh, uh, left-wingers are, Larry, uh, Larry Elder was in 
Los Angeles at a trying to uh, walk through a homeless area because if he's running for governor, then he's probably going to try to do better than Gavin Newsom when it comes to fixing and solving some of the homelessness problems. But he was walking through this neighborhood, and he just began to be assaulted uh, by these left-wing radicals. One of them was wearing a gorilla mask, throwing raw eggs at Larry Elder on the streets of California. And this shows, I mean, these this is reprehensible. These people are so rabid, they're so hate-filled, that they are attacking a candidate for public office in California in broad daylight on the streets of Los Angeles. And if this were the other way around, this would be a, a, a 30-day news cycle of how racist the conservatives are and how bigoted they are and how uh, this is a hate crime. But what do you know? This is hardly getting any attention. Uh, I haven't seen Gavin Newsom uh, denounce it. I haven't seen any, any Democrats or left-wingers denounce it. Uh, this kind of violence is tolerable. And this goes back to what we saw uh, last year in 2019 and in 2020, the last two years, about how violence apparently, according to Democrats, and we have the clips, we've played them before, uh, violence is acceptable as long as it's against people we disagree with. That's basically the motto of of uh, Maxine Waters and all these radicals. And the motto is, the rule is, uh, that violence is acceptable as long as your cause is justified, as long as your cause is righteous, then yes, you can get violent. Um, and that was the excuse we saw when they were burning down the streets of Minneapolis and all these major cities uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, they were uh, doing it in the name of social justice. And they were being excused, and they were actually being applauded by some. Uh, com by the way, Kamala Harris, the vice president, uh, she helped bail out a guy who was convicted of murder. She helped bail out a guy who is now being convicted of murder uh, out of Minneapolis. So these are radicals, folks. They're not for justice. They're not for unity. They're for destroying our country. And we need to do anything and everything within our power to fight back and not let them win. AFA at the core. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.